Let's stand up. We're starting a new series today. I'm excited about it, beginning in Hebrews 11. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the time that we have together with brothers and sisters. And Lord, right now, I pray in these moments, our hearts and minds are open to your spirit. And Lord, may your spirit work in us and transform us more into your image. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So we're starting this new series, and as you can see, it's, it's got this idea of heroes. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about heroes and, and what they are and, and how we look at them. And there's this thing about heroes. We have a way of placing heroes on a pedestal. And generally, we create that pedestal for them. I mean, we do it or society does it in various ways by creating types of heroes. I mean, nowadays we have superheroes, uh, all of these things. But here's the thing. We would, we want to create this and we want to create these higher, these, these pedestals for heroes. But the one thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to, we don't want to, uh, there's an idea, we don't want to meet our heroes, but we have this idea that heroes go beyond the ordinary, right? They're extraordinary. There's something about them that is, is, is better than us, we think, and better than parts of society. And, and so we, we just have an idea, and we use the word heroes, that they're, this, this person is special. They've done something special. They do things that are special, more special than like what we can do, Right? Uh, and, and so we, we look at heroes that way. And, and that's the kind of mystique of heroes, is that they have a kind of otherness to them. Like, you really, you really can't touch heroes. We can't imagine meeting our hero. It would be cool to do, but, but we really don't think about meeting, it, meeting them. And, and then if we do maybe meet our heroes, we find ourselves being tongue-tied of how to speak to them because we can never imagine meeting this one person because of everything that they are and who they are and what they've done. Not realizing this as we get into the series, that heroes like us put their pants on one leg at a time. That we've made them extraordinary when they're really just ordinary people. And we've used the word hero so much and kind of put it in this term that we can never imagine ourselves as heroes. We can imagine others as but not ourselves as heroes. And over the series, during this series, over the next few weeks and into the fall, we're going to be looking at this section of text in Hebrews 11. Uh, we're going to be looking at the section of text of Hebrews 11, and then we're also going to look at a section of text in Hebrews um, 9. I mean, I'm sorry, Acts 9. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But here's the thing we're going to look at. When we look at Hebrews 11, when we read Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 
uh, for those who don't know, and maybe for those in here who do know, has this kind of moniker of being called the Hall of Faith. This kind of, st- the, 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 the stories of people, of the Bible, and, and what they've done. But what we're going to read about them, and what we're going to see about them, is that they, extraordinary things they did, but they were very ordinary, normal, real people just doing their thing. The writer of Hebrews is going to build upon this idea of faith and this idea of what faith looks like and this idea of what the perseverance of faith looks like. And in, in the previous chapter, chapter 10, chapter 1039, he actually says this before he gets into our reading of 11.1. He says, but we are not among those who shrink back and, are, and so are lost, but among those who have faith and so are saved. This idea that, that these individuals that we'll look at throughout the fall are these people who have this kind of idea that he calls faith. So, so those who have faith are people who do not shrink back. And so these heroes, these, these people that we're going to look at have this one thing and it's called faith. Which, this whole sermon has been difficult for me. I was having a conversation with Nan this week saying, I'm really struggling putting into words what I'm trying to say when it comes to faith. Because if there's something we know, we know that we all got to have it. Right? We know we all got to have faith. But what exactly does faith look like? And, and, and what does it mean to have faith? And, and I'm struggling to find words for this. I'm struggling to how to put faith into words because really words limit our understanding of faith. Words are the way in which we can best express our ideas and the best way that I can express what I think faith is, but there's always a kind of limitation to words. It only goes so far. The, the meaning begins to drop off after a while. And so as I was writing, I realized that even in the attempts of me trying to write about faith, it, it loses, it doesn't give the full weightiness of faith. It doesn't it loses kind of the power of faith because all I am is up here speaking words, trying to get you to kind of understand, knowing that this is still hard. And, but that's what we have to do. We attempt to define, define faith to better understand what faith is and what faith can look like in us. It's almost like we've, uh, at times, created a checklist of items, and if we can check those lists of items off, then we have faith. So, If I have faith, I believe A, B, C, D, E, right? And we check those off in our minds. And if we're not careful then, faith becomes uh, more like just a set of beliefs, right? Check enough off and you're okay. It's a checklist of propositions that allow us to articulate those things that we can say, yes, I believe those things in that box. I believe in those articulations about God. And if we're not careful, faith can become nothing more, and uh, forgive me for the language because it sounds harsh uh, when I say this, but when I can say that faith becomes nothing more than agreement to certain things that we put in our minds that we can understand, right? So put the check boxes, check them off, and as if that's as all life is, right? 
not with all of its nuances and all of its, you know, craziness, but it's just, just these checked box things. And if we're not careful, it can water down faith because we know what we're saying yes to, but we also miss out on the fullness of life and everything going on. If faith is nothing more than a set of propositions, a set of checked boxes, then is it any wonder that prayer and contemplation can be a struggle for us? If, pr- if faith is nothing more than I believe this, this, and this, then prayer and contemplation can be just a, eh, you know, but I still believe in this. But what about all this other stuff? Do you understand what I'm saying? There's, faith is a big thing. It's a lot weightier than what we can imagine. And if faith is reduced to a set of rules, then faith is about what we see many times today, an argument over who is right and who is wrong. Whose truth claims are right and whose truth claims are wrong. Whose truth claims claims are more truer than the other person. All of this stuff without realizing that faith is a little bit more nuanced than that. Which is, I think, why we have Romans 11. We can check our list and then go about our ways of life. However, the Hebrew writer makes the claim that faith is just more than a set of propositions. Hebrews 11.1 tells us what? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. The writer could have just said, faith is A, B, C, D, and E, and you're good. Which, for some of us who like check boxes, would be happy with that. The writer could have just said, believe this, this, and this, and then you'll be fine. But instead, the writer roots faith, did you notice, in hope. It's as if the two, faith and hope, are inextricably tied together. And he, Faith is the assurance of hope. And we think about hope, a hope that is forward-looking, a hope that is forward-seeing, a hope that is forward-being as we move into life. Faith is the substance, another word for this idea of assurance. Faith is the substance of a future beyond what we can see. It is only what we know deep within us faith moves. Faith is the supernatural possession or, in some writers, down payment of hope. Faith then becomes the way in which we participate in the world. Faith is this way in which we participate because of this very hope that the world will become something more than what it is through Christ. And as the writer will get to in the last part of this in Hebrews 12, Christ is our faithful witness. And and what I mean by that is we witness in the life of Christ and obedience to God's plan, even in suffering. What we witness in Christ is Christ's faithfulness to the plan of God as God is working out this plan through Christ. We see in the life of Christ that Christ sees the world differently than those around him. Christ doesn't see with rose-colored glasses or with the harshness of truth claims. I mean, we see the arguments between those two with his conversations with the Pharisees. Notice Jesus never pounds with truth claims. You know what he does? We talked about this. He befuddles them by using what? Stories. He tells them parables. He tells them them about those kind of things. And he always has these arguments, notice, with who? Pharisees. The religious elite. 
Instead, we see in Christ a life of hope, a faith in hope. Christ's faith moves him forward into the world, into the lives of people. And by the way, into the lives of the good people, the bad people, the clean people, and the unclean people, and into the lives of anybody who's got the messiest of lives you can possibly imagine. Christ's faith was rooted in a forward-thinking assurance that this world, however messed up it is, however it looks like right now, is not the final product Christ's faith was moving towards this kind of idea that you are more than what you think you are in this moment, and it was only Jesus a lot of times who could see it. While the other person was struggling to see it, it's Jesus' faith that was able to see beyond what the person was in the moment to what they were going to be in the final end. And that seems to be more of what faith is, this ability to be able to see beyond what you can see right now christ had an understanding that we were in more than just what we were christ had an understanding and a hope that what was entering the world through him was beyond what the world could imagine the hopeful world to come was christ's reality and that is i think faith luke timothy johnson explains it this way the understanding given by faith is not one reached by empirical observations alone. It is an understanding that itself construes reality. Faith creates a new reality, a new reality in which we see, a reality of one that goes beyond the dying world. Faith sees differently. Did you catch that? More of us checking, not so much more as checking off a list, faith is a reality in which we live into. It's more than just saying, well, I've checked all these boxes for today. No, faith becomes the reality in which we live into. Faith is who we become. It is actually the transforming power of Christ in us, as the Hebrew writes in two, writer writes in 2 and 3. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. And he'll talk about that later. But by faith, we understand what? That the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible so faith is the very transforming power in our life that allows us to even see the world as something different than what it is that it was created by the very word of god that very very word of god if we remember in john 1 is who christ in the beginning was the word and the word was god and the word was with god and out of christ came our being and everything else came through christ and here the hebrew writer says that kind of faith that ability to see that in the world is who we are it sees what is not seen it's lived what it lives what has not yet been lived and yet faith to the hebrew writer has a shape to it and a form to it it's more than just saying yes and thomas merton says this about when we say yes to god when we say yes we receive god he says one says yes not merely to a statement about god but to the invisible infinite god himself one fully accepts the statement not only for its own context but for the sake of him who made it we're not just saying saying yes to a statement of beliefs. What we're saying yes to is to the God who entered into the world, who is reconciling the world to God's self, which, my friends, is bigger than just a statement of beliefs. It is a reconciling power for the world. Faith in all we have in us. And, and, and maybe um, 
uh, and here's the thing about faith, for faith that we have in us, but then also there's an idea of a faith for people who don't know God. And by the way, you have to have faith there too. If you have faith in God, it should shape us and make us into a certain kind of person who does a certain thing. And here's the other thing. The, those who don't believe in God, who have this kind of faith in a, the world, that shapes them into a certain kind of person to look at the world in a certain kind of way, to act towards people in a certain kind of way. And you can see it. Can you not? You can hear it in the words that they live. And so therefore, faith is more than just a set of beliefs to say, well, then I believe this and this and this. Well, you must be a person of faith. No, how they're going to know you're a person of faith is how you live it out. And as one writer writes, and I like what he says, one writer says this. He says, witness demonstrates faith, faith substantial reality. Witness, who you are, demonstrates faith's substantial reality. Therefore, faith is a witnessed, embodied act in the world. Faith becomes a revelation to the world that something different is happening. Faith in us is a, in a lot of different, in a lot of ways you can say an apocalyptic moment, an unveiling moment. The, the ability for us to unveil the curtain, take the curtain back and see what's going on in the world. Faith is this moment that gives us the eyes to see a reality beyond the reality in front of us. I was reminded of a story that was uh, told by a preacher named Thomas Long. And I think we've all had these moments. But he was talking about being in the den with his wife and his daughter who was dancing to music, right? And he was reading a book and she was dancing and, and he looked up for just a moment. When he looked up, he he saw his nine-year-old daughter, but instead of seeing his nine-year-old daughter, he saw a 29-year-old girl. It's that moment in which the light hit her just right as she was dancing. And for a brief glimpse of time, he didn't see a nine-year-old, he saw a 29-year-old. And it was just for a moment. You've had those moments, right? Your kids say something that's way above their pay grade. And you're like, whoa. Right? It's an apocalyptic moment. It's being able to see into the future. And, and, and Dr. Long says, in that moment, in that kind of blink of an eye, I realize my parenting has to change. I have to parent into a future that I see for her, right? And who she's becoming. And you know, as, as I was thinking about that even this morning, and, and we go to, we take our, kid, our daughters to ACU, and they're getting ready for college, and and, you know, and they're even 17 right now, but there are moments that they're walking on campus and Ann Lee was standing in front of me. And just for a moment, I was thinking about this story and I didn't see a 17 years old. I saw a 30 year old who's a physical therapist. Just for a moment, right? It, it wasn't long and I had to snap myself out of it because I know that means I'm 13 years older and I don't like that. But for that moment, I saw her at the... 30 and who she becomes and I realize I'm going to be a different parent right God for a moment gives us a glimpse glimpse into the future and in the end that's what faith really is it's it's trust it's God giving us a glimpse into the future and us trusting 
that God's got this. Trusting that God through Christ has let us see something that others still haven't seen. It's a trust that there's a future beyond the horizon. And it's a world that's beginning to come in. I guess what I'm saying is faith is an embodied trust. Faith is a way of being in the world that says we entrust that God has allowed us to see a future that others haven't seen and we know it's coming. So the Hebrew writer states that the best way to understand the substance of faith is to guess what? To tell you some stories. I'm going to tell you some stories. I'm not going to give you a list of beliefs that you're going to check off. I'm not going to tell you that you need to do this, this, and this. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you some stories of some heroes. Some of my heroes. Because that's what faith is. It's more than a set of beliefs. It's lived out through the lives of people. A few years ago, we did here at, at Grapevine um, a series in the summer that we called Faith Stories. You remember that? Anybody, if you were here, we had all kinds. And, and here's the thing. It was everybody in here who gave the stories. It was Ken Pimpton. It was Eula. It was Chuck Bloomberg. It was a lot of just us. And that's how we begin to get kind of a glimpse of what faith is. And so when I think about heroes, and I putting together a series called We Can Be Heroes, and I think about the Hebrew writer who says, by faith Abel, by faith Noah, by faith Enoch, by faith Moses, by faith Abraham, by faith... By the way, you remember that whole lady in Jericho, Rahab? Yeah, her too. By faith, Rahab. And, I can, and he'll go on and say, and I could continue to go on and on. But you want to know what faith is and does? It is in the lives and in the stories of ordinary people who see a future beyond what can be seen in the moment. And the Hebrew writer says, let me tell you their story. And that's what faith is. And all of us in here have had those faith moments and hold within us those faith stories. Which means that in the end, we can all be heroes. If we just can cling to that thing inside of us that says there is something beyond what we see here. And live into that which we see beyond the horizon. Because that's what faith is. It's being able to see beyond the horizon. To what God is doing. And trust that God is bringing about a good world. It doesn't mean faith is easy. And I'm still working it out myself. Because let's be honest. Some days each of us in here have great faith. Some days each of us in here kind of have eh, faith. Some of us, we may even struggle to have faith any faith you know what i'm talking about but the beauty of faith is it just says take one more step into the day take one more step into the day take one more step into the day keep trusting 
keep living. And I think as we read these stories, we're going to realize that's exactly what happened. They weren't perfect, but they kept stepping forward. They kept believing in a world beyond the world that we see now. So I truly believe all of us in here are heroes. But we can all be heroes to somebody to give them a glimpse of what it looks like to hold on to this word faith and what God is planning for the world. If you have any needs this morning, if you need any prayers, we'll have elders down front. I'll be down front. There are members next to you who will listen to you and pray with you as well. But come now as we stand and as we sing.